Welcome to the Truth of the Matter Is podcast. This is episode number 52. I'm your host, Daniel, and I'm here with Jonathan. Before we begin, we'd like to give a round of applause to all of our new and consistent listeners. We honestly want to thank you all who have continued to listen and press play at your own leisure. Now, there's something that we want to add on to the Truth of the Matter is podcast, and that is when downtime becomes available, we are encouraging people to briefly inform God one thing you are thankful for daily. On the Truth of the Matter is all of us should be thankful for something. And we should take nothing for granted. Now, we have taken the liberty to want to encourage people on the podcast live to set aside 15 seconds so you can either join us or do it during your own free time. If you're doing it with the Truth of the Matters podcast, we want to let you know that you may begin. If you don't mind, Daniel, sharing, what was one thing you are thankful for this week or for today, that rather? It's kind of pretty much the same as last week. I'm just really happy to have good friends. I had a situation earlier this week where I needed to bounce some ideas off of, a, you know, one of my friends. And just the clarity and the different perspective that they can offer towards me. Uh, it was actually two of my friends because it was all the same situation. But just being able to uh, get different perspectives from people who are self-aware, that was really big. So I'm thankful to have really good people in my life. That's what I'm thankful for. Okay. Like you said, that was consistent of what you said last week. This week, what I'm thankful for is I'm I'm really thankful for hmm, haven't had time to think about it that much but even with the 15 seconds I know well if there's anything that I'm thankful for that's probably been a consistent thing is I'm I'm sort of thankful for sports I suppose and I guess the reason why I'm so thankful for the opportunity to have played and watched is because there's so much amazing things that come out of it, right? The lessons you learn, the enjoyment you have. And normally, you know, when sports come on, it gives me an opportunity to sort of reminisce on how things used to be when I was playing. And mm. I sort of get the opportunity to relive it while watching someone else play, especially professionally. Because, you know, at one point of another, that was one thing that I wanted to do. And, I mean, it's been quite some time that I've hung my cleats up. And I get just as much as enjoyment watching it than I got playing it. I suppose the only mixed feelings you have about it is, in one instance, the heart rate, you know, that you had during the game and during playing it. And your own experience is completely different 
than watching it. But I mean, if you're really engaged and you're really a fan of the team that you're watching, you can sort of get nervous and anxious as well. So I remember the training and everything and all the time that I set aside to play it, to focus, learning, talking about the game with others. It was one of the most beautiful things that I would say that I was a part of and that sometimes I take a trip down memory lane and I remember it. So I just want to say I'm thankful for the creativity and the aspect of sports in general, the teamwork, the relationships that you established and built. There are some friends that I've made that are in Florida, Louisiana, Hawaii, when I traveled and I was in California for the year. So I'm just thankful for sports and I'm thankful for the relationships and the lessons that it taught me. And to this day, I'm just, you know, really excited about the playoffs, NBA finals and those sorts of things. It really gives you the chance to see what people are made of. And it really gives you the chance to see the ups and downs and the flow of it. And I'm just glad I'm surrounded around people like my friend Jen. She coaches basketball. She plays it. And I still have other friends that, you know, they found leagues to play in. And they're still finding ways to enjoy the sport, even though it's not on the highest level professionally. So that's what I'm thankful for. Just the sport of football, the sport of basketball and what it entails and what it does for people in their lives and how it changed it. Solid. So um, anything else happened this week? This week has been, you know, it's been pretty steady, right? We're starting to get the weather starting to flow in the direction of it being more comfortable. I mean, we had rain yesterday, kind of. That's usually what's reserved for spring, but. Other than that, you know, a little bit chilly at night, chilly in the morning, midday, sun comes out. So, you know, things have been steady this week for sure. Anything other than bouncing the ideas off with a friend happened this week or pretty steady with you and work? It's been pretty steady. Um, I was working a little bit more this week than I normally would. Got a little sick towards the end of the week. Some uh, it, stomach issues, no, a little normal uh, things. But about to say, could it that, be COVID? Did you get COVID? Definitely not COVID. Okay, because <laughs> you do COVID. know people are, are starting to say that people have this belief that it's gone. Oh, no, that no, no, it's no. gone. Yeah, you know, it's it was gone. funny. The week previously, right? <laughs> I was coming out of work and there was a street fair mm-hmm. that was going on, and all I see is like a you know just crowds of people way down the block. Uh, Going up towards uh, I don't want to say the street, but you know where I work at, at the the second job, yeah, that the retail job, and I just see like I remember I Facetime my girlfriend. I was like, look at this, like it's just like COVID, just waiting at the door. Just everybody's down there, no mask on. I, I get most people may be vaccinated, especially in New York, but uh-huh. I, I'm still not of the mindset that it's safe to walk around without the mask. So. Just seen it, I was like, look at this. It's just welcome mat for COVID right there at the door. And then yeah. you've seen all the spikes and stuff going on. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that's here or nor there. I think we should just jump into prayer. and uh, yeah, Let's get into something positive instead of something mm-hmm. negative. Yeah, there's one thing I may say, if I, if I may, is sure. I think that 
you know, people want it to be over. More importantly, I've spoken to several people that have had it more than once, and I guess they're not phased by it. So, Maybe it's because people are more adjusted to it now, or the you know the fear of it isn't as prominent, and mm-hmm. we've learned as a society how to navigate through it. Yeah. So it's just not as uh, prominent in terms of uh, scaring people as it did before. Now I've never caught it, thankfully, but maybe maybe that's just the thing people have learned to adjust and adapt and it's not something to fear since we know about it so mm-hmm. I guess that's the biggest thing all right well as you so eloquently put let's get right into prayer and i agree with everything you said you know we just have to let the chips fall as they may and continue to be cautious and continue to use wisdom when it comes to how we associate ourselves outside of the house so that we don't jeopardize anyone in the house Right. Try to take care of ourselves and as long as as well as our family members. Okay, let's move forward to prayer. Oh, God, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we we thank you for all that you've done for us individually and as a nation. You have and still continue to provide us all with an opportunity for change and a restart. Lord, as believers, we should know by now that everyone is going to accept Everyone isn't going to accept that gift you've given us along with the grace and mercy that follows. But as the world becomes even more unbearable with the unnecessary killings, the racism, the thirst for power and authority, what matters is and where our focus should be is our relationship with you, Lord. As long as our relationship with you is established and intact, we shall have peace of mind and confidence that you will make a way for the better. Whether things are meant to change outside ourselves or not, only you know, Lord. What I can testify personally is the change you provided for me when I had no hope and no future. Lord, what I do know is you're capable of anything. There isn't a limit or circumstance beyond your ability to turn it around, and because of that belief, I have always placed my faith in you, Christ Jesus, no one else since I've been saved. Now, Lord, as we go into your word today, even though I anticipate the message will be a simple one, I pray that it will reach the minds of all those who are listening. And I ask that after today, we consider our daily activities and actions and thoughts to be set in the kingdom mindset. I also pray, Lord, that we can encourage all who read this, all all who read their word, all who make the effort to apply it, practice it, make it a habit, because I know they will need it, Lord, as well as me. And I say these things, Lord, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. so. I want to start off differently today. Usually we would jump right into the word, but I believe it's necessary to talk to the people who are listening for a little bit. And of course, I want to let you know, Daniel, that you are welcome to jump in at any moment if you so choose, whether you want to correct me or you want to add something in or you want to elaborate on it. All right. Well, I could correct today. I mean, you've always had the the chance, the <laughs> opportunities to correct. That's if you can oh, find anything wrong with what I'm saying. Right? But you know, there's always there's always chance, there's always opportunity. Mm-hmm. So, 
for those who haven't been living under a rock, know that tomorrow is Memorial Day, right? A holiday that takes place annually on the last month in May, which is dedicated for a day for honoring U.S. military personnel, right, who died while serving in the United States Army Forces, right? I want to say approximately over 1.3 million Americans paid the ultimate sacrifice while on duty to afford us the freedom we take for granted today and every day. This day is also a day, in my humble opinion, that really kickstarts the season of summer, at least, you know, from a mental aspect. Officially, it's late June, right, the start of summer. But for those who can't help themselves, you know, they start barbecuing, grilling, traveling on vacations, you know, all that good stuff. Now, I'm mentioning this to all who are listening because I really want you to be careful, right? Be vigilant, be vigilant, right? Be vigilant, be mindful right of your surroundings pay attention to all things that are happening and occurring in front of you behind you to the left and to the right and i also want to tell you what the title of this week's podcast is right it's a the title is it's okay to be a big kid sometime you're going to find out why i titled it that now i personally believe it will hit home once we unpack the text for today however before we get started I think it's appropriate to kind of mention that there's been quite a few things occurring in the news as of late. And we want to touch on three of the major stories that's that's occurring, right? Not in great detail, but of course, I think it's tone deaf not to say anything. And of course, not to provide a biblical perspective or point of view. So obviously, right in the news, we have Roy versus Wade court case that has been resurfacing for good reason some have said and believed right obviously without question it's a tough conversation to have right based upon a few major concerns right whether you believe there's a life present or not based upon the different stages of the pregnancy is one of the many issues people have another one is that you have the idea of forcefully telling women what they should do with their bodies which is personally robbing someone of their freedom. That's what someone may say. Now, my thoughts to this are very simple, okay? I'll say this. Being pro-life, I believe, is important. Why? Because God has a plan for every child that comes into this world, whether planned or unplanned. I actually believe in the promises of Romans chapter 8, verse 28, right? And I'm going to read this in the King James Version, and this is what it says. And we know that all things work together for the good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purposes. I also want to add another thing that I hang my hat on is Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20 through 21. And I'm going to read this in the Amplified Version. And this is what it says. Now to him who is able to carry out his purposes and do super abundantly more than all the that we dare ask or think infinitely beyond our greatest prayers hopes or dreams according to his power that is at work within us to him be the glory in the church and in christ jesus throughout all generations forever and ever amen now i understand that the ill-advised pregnancies like rape right you honestly can't turn a deaf ear to right those experiences are tough to evaluate and to discuss which is why this isn't a black or white thing right to many of us who are concerned 
I respect where people are coming from. However, this is what I'll say. There are quite a few people on record who turn out to make a difference in the lives of others, even though their birth parents couldn't take care of them. Right. They ultimately made the decision to have the child under stressful circumstances. And the child, without a doubt, I believe, has used those negative situations and circumstances to thrive and make something of themselves. Right. It happens. There's a chance for greatness, even in the midst of, you know, children that are being born in unpredictable circumstances. Obviously, we go no further in the Old Testament. There are a lot of miracle babies like Samuel who turned out to be big in God's plans. Or we look no further than Samson. Another one. We look no further than Jesus. That's another example. Right. If we turn more to more realistic expectations within our own time period, right, there are individuals who are making a difference in the sports world, in the business world, in ministry, right, you name it. Now, the Truth of the Matter is podcast isn't here to advise anyone on what to do, right? We understand that every case is different, and therefore we appreciate the opinions people have about this topic and how they feel. I think until you're in that moment yourself or close to someone who's going through such an experience that you'll be able to really understand the challenges and what to ultimately decide. Until then, I think that we should use caution, be careful, be sensitive, and at the same time, abhor God's word as the ultimate and supreme authority. Daniel, do you have anything you want to add? Simply put, I feel like the more options you have, the better. And I don't feel like options should be taken away from people to make those decisions. So that's all I would really say on that. Okay. Now, as we look at the other two stories that happened, right? One in Buffalo, the shooting of the back elderlies in the supermarket. It's safe to say it's a wild, unpredictable situation. More importantly, right, it's the slander of the innocent, which unfortunately that it has to be said, but demonic forces have to be involved in the explanation and reasoning behind the slaughtering of innocent deaths, right? Now, what's also unpredictable as well is the shooting in Texas when you have little kids being killed, right? When it comes to these two stories, I believe without question, the state of mind of both the shooters definitely weren't sane, and it wasn't it was not it wasn't normal, right? Obviously, they didn't wake up with the you know the mentality to do this, right? I think it's something safe to say that over time they probably developed ideas and thoughts to potentially move in unpredictable circumstances, right? I also want to say that the thoughts had to have been poured out right from their personal thoughts into their personal life and then ultimately became public you know exposure or public recognition right now there's three biblical verses that apply here in my opinion and and i'm gonna go about it in depth a little bit so you can pretty much understand where i'm coming from and how god's word 
is can actually be applied and understood to what's going on right so let's first start off with the book of proverbs chapter 4 verse 23 you're going to look at this in the king james version keep your heart with all diligence for out of it spring the issues of life yeah so when we look into this passage with more intent the approach you have to have is you have to carefully weigh your heart at all times to ensure it remains pure. This calls for vigilance, right? Allowing God to search your heart and show you if there is any evil in it. Now, how do you understand the power of the heart? Well, I'm glad you asked. Let's go to First John, one of my favorite books. We're going to look at First John chapter 3. And we're going to look at verses 19 through 22. We're going to check out the amplified versions to tell us what John says here. By this we know, without any doubt, that we are of the truth, and will assure our heart and our quiet, our conscience before him, whenever our heart convicts us in guilt. For God is greater than our heart, and he knows all things. Nothing is hidden from him, because we are in his hands. Beloved, if our heart does not convict us of guilt, we have confidence complete assurance and boldness before God and receive him from whatever we ask because we carefully and consistently keep his commandments and do the things that are pleasing in his sight, habitually seeking to follow his plan for us. Now let's dig deeper. There's two voices that support this text, right? We're gonna we've we're gonna we've already looked at Proverbs chapter 4 verse 23 right but now we're going to look into psalms 119 verse 11 let's look at this again in the amplified version your word i have treasured and stored in my heart that i may not sin against you the other text we're going to look at is matthew 5 verse 30 if your right hand makes you stumble and leads you to sin cut it off and throw it away that is remove yourself from the source of temptation for it is better for you to lose one of the parts of your body than for your whole body to go into hell so god's word right has the ability to alleviate your desire to sin however the rest is your choice to resist the devil right book of james chapter 4 verse 7 through 8 says this in the amplified version so submit to the authority of God. Resist the devil. Stand firm against him, and he will flee from you. Come close to God with a contrite heart, and he will come close to you. So the word the word contrite means the feeling or expression or remorse in regards to you being regretful about the committing of a sin. Right now, the reason why I told you about Proverbs 423, Psalms 119.11 and 1 John 319-22 is actually well said in the book of James chapter 4 verse 1. Right. So we're going to go back to the Amplified Version. This is what it says. What leads to the unending quarrels and conflicts among you? Do they not come from your Hasidic desires that the wage war and your bodily members fighting for control over you. So Hasidic means the engagement 
in pursuit of selfish pleasures, sexually self-indulgement, and it basically means you are prioritizing personal pleasures over the important life values that you should strive for, right? So we're going to dig even deeper, right? For solutions now in God's word, two verses that I believe that could be helpful to a person who's about to have an outburst, a person who is struggling and feels like they have no outlet. I encourage them to start developing a relationship with Christ and his word for this reason. So let's look at Proverbs. Let's look at Philippians, actually, verse chapter four, verse six to seven. We're going to check this out in the English Standard Version. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be known to God and the peace of God which surpasses, surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Now let's look at first Peter chapter five, verse seven. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. So this is why relationship with God is so important, right? Personal relationship, right? Building with Christ can be a lifesaver. This is what true healing is, right? Getting on your knees and praying, right? Family, I I add this text in here. Also, let's go to the book of James again. And let's look at chapter 5, verse 17. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. And that's in the NIV version. So very clear, right? Very much straightforward and self-explanatory. I thought that this was important to talk about, right? A need to go to our source of guidance, direction, public revelational knowledge from God, right? No need for a new word, but how about revisiting our foundation of truth through the Holy Spirit and, of course, in God's word. Now, is there anything you want to add, Daniel? No, I think it's always good to go back to the basics. Yeah, so the important thing is you you really want to understand that this is something I said when we first started doing our podcast is that a lot of the things that are transpiring in the world has a lot to do with your heart, right? It's about transforming your heart, right? One of the beautiful things is that a lot of people don't understand for the saved and for the unsaved is that those who aren't saved have the capabilities to change have the ability to actually do good in what's in what god believes is the ultimate thing is to love your neighbor right to treat one another fairly and respectfully what happens when you get saved is then then you have the overwhelming consistency reliability and also i want to say support it's from the holy spirit who overpours himself inside of you, which then urges you to want to be a blessing to others. This actually has a lot more to do with what I've talked about, and that is God has the ability to love others through you, right? And when you allow the Holy Spirit in, you then have that overwhelming desire to be a blessing to others just as much as you're a blessing to yourself. And that is the capabilities that God has right he can use you as an instrument an instrument for righteousness 
right? And that's like the important element of having a relationship with God. He encourages you, he motivates you, he inspires you, he directs you to be the eyes and feet of Jesus Christ. So I wanted to express that. And then I wanted you to understand why there are some people in the world that are struggling. It's, an art, it's a hard issue. So what can we do for those people? We can pray for them, right? And we can encourage them to build a relationship with God because we know that God is shaping and fashioning us and directing us daily. And just like we all have struggles, but I believe Christ is the ultimate healer and there's nothing beyond his ability to be able to address it, to change it and to point it in the right direction to order your steps to be a better overall person. And that's what we want people to do. So now for our text for today, we're going we back to that. I just wanted to add a okay. little thing. The the most important thing also to remember is just to be an example yourself. Mm-hmm. How you decide to act and the decisions you decide to make daily is also a representation of Christ himself. So yeah. how you carry yourself can also inspire and help change how other people view and conduct themselves as well. Exactly. There's a scripture that says, let us be ambassadors for Christ, representations mm-hmm. of Christ. So, yeah, well said, Dane. Appreciate the input. Now, our text of today, right, comes out of the book of Luke, right? We're still in the Gospel of Luke series. And as I stated in the prayer, it's rather simple, but I think that potentially we may be missing this element, which is why I want to mention it today. So, we go to the Gospel of Luke, chapter 18. We're going to look at verse 15 through 17, but we're going to first look at it in the King James Version. So, don't mind Dave if he stumbles over the old English language, but there's a specific reason why we're going to look at this first in the King James Version. So, Daniel, take it away. And they brought unto him also infants, that he would touch them. But when his disciples saw it, they rebuked them. Because Jesus called them unto him and said, Suffer little children to come unto me, and forbid them not, for of such is the kingdom of God. Verily I say unto you, Whosoever shall not receive the kingdom of God as a little child shall in no wise enter therein. Yeah, so the reason why we read this text in the King James Version is because of verse 16, the phrase, suffer the little children. Now, obviously, this is Old English written, and I want to be clear about God's word, right? I believe it's disingenuous to look at something in God's word, take it as a negative, and then draw an incorrect conclusion that was wrongfully I want, I want to say, interpret it without looking at the text coherently as a whole. Jesus is not saying, by the way, suffer the little children, okay? When Jesus said, suffer the little children, he was saying, forbid them not to come unto him. He was reaching out to a segment of the society that was thought to be insignificant. Okay, I'm going to say that one more time. When Jesus says, 
suffer the little children. What he meant was he was reaching out to a segment of the society that was thought to be insignificant. So to those who don't know what insignificant means, it's a person who has low self-esteem, right? They're usually depressed, living in a huge impersonal city, and even at times compare themselves to wealthy celebrity successful stories that isn't their own, obviously, right? I also want to preface my comments and quote Theodore Roosevelt, right? Who said, comparison is the thief of joy. Comparison is the thief of joy, which means looking at others and what they have and how far they've come. And then looking at your own disposition can literally steal away the satisfaction with your own life. And what you are seeing is desirable. Now, there are some people who will look at the same situation and say, this is what I strive to achieve. And then there will be some who may fall short while others will succeed and exceed their own expectations. This, I believe, is possible with certainty. Moving along, let's look at the same text in the English Standard Version, okay? Right? We need to unpack some more things here. Now, this is the reason why, on the truth of the matter, is we often look at the text in other translations because it can lead to you expanding your own understanding in a very powerful way. And we believe this could be used as a tool. So don't just look at one translation. Look at multiple translations. Sometimes when you're talking to the masses, you're talking to your friends, you're trying to get a clear understanding of something. There's a reason why there's different translations so that you can really get a grasp of what you need to be able to live out this word. Or more importantly, understand this word. Right now. We're going to look at this again in the English Standard Version. So, Dan, look at, again, Book of Luke, chapter 18, verse 15 through 17. Now they were bringing even infants to him that he might touch them. And when the disciples saw this, they rebuked them, because Jesus called them to him, saying, Let the children come to me, and do not hinder them. For to such belongs the kingdom of God. Truly, I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child shall not enter it. So there's a lot you can learn from children, right? And their weakness and their vulnerability. I would say as we grow up, the hardness of the world often makes our hearts callous which is why I believe it's hard to receive the kingdom of God like a child. This is no easy task, right? This is a challenge, and I'm going to tell you why. I want to take a trip down memory lane, and I remembered the excitement I used to have when I would go to the store and get a quarter juice or a Kool-Aid jam or a Capri Sum, right? Or the long ices, man. Like Those were the days, right? I would also say that the joy I had while eating a homemade sandwich I personally made, right? I would say I enjoyed it. I would say another thing that I quite enjoyed 
was the time that I would score 100 on my test, right? I would show everyone the joy I had within me, right? The overwhelming joy I had that allowed me to want to tell everybody around me that cared about me, right? When I'm reminiscing of this, I felt the need to have others while myself celebrate my accomplishments. Now, saying all of that leads me to ask a question, right? Why don't we appreciate the gift of eternal life like the childlike delight we have about some of the things I've mentioned? Now, I know all of us haven't had great childhoods, but I do believe there was something along the lines within your childhood that you appreciated. Maybe it was a TV show you loved, right? At the time, we had, what, Jackie Chan Adventures, Static Shock, Hey Arnold, right? This has to be some memory you have as a child that you appreciated, that you loved, that brought you joy in those moments, right? That carried you to the next day or the week. Or maybe it's their friendships that you have. Maybe it was video games you played, right? It has to be something that you that you were happy about. And I, I suppose what I'm saying is those that have accepted Christ into your life, I believe that you should have the same delight that you once had when you were a child, right? The way I was hyped for an item at the store as a kid, why can't I be hyped? with the fact that I received grace and mercy from God, right? When I first got saved, I thought that, you know, this world would want to have a relationship with the most amazing God who loves us unconditionally based upon the story that's told about him. Unfortunately, that's not the reality. Now, the reason why, in my opinion, Jesus makes the suggestion for us to approach the kingdom of God like a child is because kids are full of joy, right? They are a joy to be around, right? They trust and build friendships easily. There's a sense of innocence, right? And they aren't shy about showing it either. One thing I can say about being an adult is I see that life is challenging. I see that as time has gone, moment by moment, pressures have mounted. Disappointments have arrived under certain circumstances. Life's hardships make people build up walls. And then what follows is doubt, right? Doubt becomes alive. And the trust in God sort of lessens. As a result, guess what happens? Adults develop coping mechanisms, right? They rely mostly on themselves, right? Their education, their talents, their skills. They set never-minding favors when it comes to praying and building their relationship with God. And that's a thing that I think that's developing. And if there's anything that I think we need to reassure reassure is our trust in God. And the way that we do that is we have to understand is a text in James where it says, consider it pure joy when you face trials and tribulations to know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. 
If anyone lacks anything, let them ask God, who gives generously without finding fault. The point is, God, in order for your relationship with God to improve, in order for your faith to become strong, you can't look at the things that occur as an adult and let it overshadow what you're trying to establish with God. Right? And we can't allow those things to have us resort back to the self-reliance on ourselves and what we're capable of doing. Because there's a belief that all of a sudden God doesn't care about you. God doesn't love you. And when you resort back into your own feelings and about what you're capable of doing, you're admitting that the circumstances that you've come up against, that God isn't God doesn't suffice. He can't help you. He's not an assistant when it comes to this. He won't help you overcome. And I think that is what forces people not to believe that they can embrace the kingdom of God with a childlike mindset. And I think that's an issue. And I think it needs to be addressed. And I think that we can't tremble under pressure. We can't allow the pressure to have us resort back to what we can control, right? God wants us to rely on Jesus, right? Because why? We place our burdens upon Jesus because his joke is easy and his burden is light. God wants us to be able to say that I no longer live, but Christ lives in me, right? That's Galatians 2.20, right? I think there is nothing self-reliant about that at all. I believe if you can admit that you need help, then you can admit to God that you can use some help. God wants you to be humble. He wants you to be open. And to me, there's nothing wrong with coming to that conclusion, arriving at that conclusion, right? Now, before I go on, is there anything you want to add, Daniel? No. So far? Does it sound familiar to you at any time about the stress, about the pressures of life? It sounds familiar in the sense of I can remember pretty much like I, I was sitting here just reminiscing on certain times when, when I was 19 to about 22. You know, I, I had a real hard time with that. And now seeing how I've adapted the same mind you mindset you were just talking about is viewing things as a child really has helped me stay focused and allow me to do things that a lot of people said I would never be able to do or I thought I wanna get to the stage of being able to do. So I think the key is always thinking like a child or approaching things with that same can-do mindset and just letting things come to you. So I completely agree with what you're saying. Okay. Mm -hmm. So finally, and and what I'm trying to do here is I want to leave you, not with some homework, but I want you to reflect. So often I talk about reflection. But I want you to reconsider the approach that you have when you're facing these things. I know there is a conversation we have about seeking to deal with concerns, not worries. Right. We touch bases on that. 
So if you don't mind, you might want to go back and check on that and see how you can. But this is what I'll say. I'll close with this. Okay. Just as a child depends on their parents for everything, God desires that we depend on him for all things. God wants us to be humble and open to his instruction and direction. This is the reason why there is nothing wrong with being a big kid sometimes. It allows you to trust openly. And guess what? We have no reason not to trust God, our father, who is in heaven, right? His track record is flawless. And he is not a God that should lie, nor is he the author of confusion, nor will he leave you or forsake you. Let me say that one more time. He will not leave you nor forsake you. He is not a God that he should lie. And he's not the author of confusion. Okay. It's a text in Corinthians where it states that his grace is sufficient for in weakness, his power is great. So when you're under the most dire circumstances, that is when God's power is made strongest. Okay. Now, the problem we tend to face as adults is can we trust the Lord with all our heart, mind, soul, strength? That's one of the commandments, right? Because that would have to mean giving up control. Of course, we have the right to have concerns, but not worry. There should be no place for such a thing, right? The purpose today and reason why I believe it's important to focus on this text is so that we don't think like a child. That would align with 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 11, which when says, When I was a Daniel, child, I talked like a child, I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I did away with childish things. Yeah, so the focus is rather to have the goal of trusting like a child. Get it? You get a point where you no longer think like a child, reason like a child. Right? But when it comes to trusting like a child, that is what I believe Christ is talking about. Us having the ability to operate in. Right? When you trust like a child, no matter what, God leads you. What happens? Or how disappointed we might feel, believing every day that God's word is still true will go a long way in understanding what Jesus meant when he says, Truly I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child shall not enter it. So I believe this is Christ giving a pre-warning, right? That maybe the approach that you're having as you've reached adulthood isn't making life easier for you. So maybe you need to make an audible, right? Audible is football related statement. Maybe you need to shift gears, right? It's a car related thing. Maybe you need to come down off your high horse, right? Giving you all these phrases. But the point is when you reflect and you evaluate things, you start to realize that all you need is a minor adjustment, a change of thought process, 
a different way of going about things. And I think once you come to that conclusion, I think it's safe to say that you're on your way. And that's what reflection does. It allows you to go back to the drawing board. Me and Daniel are fans of chess. And in the chess game, I remember when I was young, I would get upset if they, my, my queen was captured, right? But sometimes you have to evaluate what you have, right? There's still the knight. There's still the brook. There's still, man, yeah, Daniel, what's that? A piece that that attacks you know diagonally. Yeah, there's still the bishop. Yeah. No, that I think the bishop yep. does the. the no, that's the. Bishop. What is the? Mm-hmm. The bishop. Okay, I kind of forgot. Okay, the knight. Mm-hmm. That's what I was thinking. That does the L. But each piece significantly has value. And even though the queen is ultimately one of the most powerful pieces on the board. If she gets taken, that doesn't mean that the war is over. You lost the battle, but the war is still reachable. You can still utilize the other pieces that's on the board to help you, lead you to victory. They're there for a reason. And I suppose that's my suggestion when it comes to looking at what the kingdom of God is and understanding that you might just need. A quick adjustment. Okay. So is there anything you want to add, Dave, before we go into no. devotion? Okay, folks. So I'll leave it to Dane with devotion. What if there was the equivalent of yellow caution tape when it came to places, circumstances, and events that you should avoid? Surely you will pay attention. God's caution tape can be found in Romans chapter 12, verse 2. And it says, fix your attention on God and you'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. If you go to the theater and the movie doesn't look like it matches God's heart, imagine yellow caution tape warning you to keep out Imagine the same for individuals the Bible describes as bad company, or maybe you need to avoid arguments. God's Holy Spirit came to be that caution tape. You don't see visible warning signs, but if you pay attention, you'll recognize those warnings as clearly as seeing bright yellow tape blocking the way to a dangerous area. God has always provided the warning signs. You just need to recognize them. God gave you the help you need. You just need to stop rejecting it. If you humble yourself and fix your attention on God and the guidance he provides in his spirit, he will help you. If you bow your head and just say this small prayer, I'm sure it will help you throughout the week. Lord, help me to pay close attention when you whisper to my heart that I shouldn't go somewhere shouldn't watch a certain show or shouldn't say those words that enter my mind. In your holy name we pray and in Jesus' name we say, Amen. Okay, end recording in three, Amen. two, one.